The Unstuff America podcast is hosted by the most organized man in America, Andrew Mellon. Listen in for Andrew's take on America's clutter crisis. From guns to gold, he dives deep into America's self-destructive obsession with possession and how that impacts the American dream. Get real-life tools and strategies to take responsibility, set yourself free, and live your values every day. And now, Andrew Mellon. All right. Well, good day, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Unstuff America. I'm your host, Andrew Mellon, and today we are with uh, Maya D. Haynes, who is my <laughs> executive assistant and so much more. She's, uh, she's an integral and significant part of the team here at AMI, and we're delighted to be here with you today. Tonight's topic, or today's topic, is it's not a bargain if you don't need it. I was thinking in relationship to the organizational triangle and giving everybody the tools, one home for everything, like with like, and something in, something out, to get and stay organized, then we have to talk about that's as if everything were frozen in time and there were no more things coming into your home. If you were in the vacuum of time stasis and could just get organized and then sustain what you've done, awesome. Unfortunately, in the world, chances are things are going to need to come into your home. What we want to do is make sure that you're bringing full consciousness, full awareness to what is coming in so that you reduce the flow of things that don't belong in your home or that are uh, suspect or non-essential. So we've got food, we've got consumables like toilet paper, paper towels, soap, shampoo, toothpaste, those kinds of things that you're going to need to buy, laundry soap, things that you will need to live if you're living uh, a simple but life in a developed country where you have a washing machine or access to a washing machine, you have a sink, you have running water. So all of those things, taking those into consideration, you will need to consume things. There are many things, though, that are out in the world, whether it's Amazon Prime Day or it's <laughs> walking down the street and walking into a CVS or a Dwayne Reed, a drugstore. You know, the, the name brands don't matter. But you're walking into someplace, you walk past a storefront, you think, oh, I've never seen that before. I'm intrigued. Perhaps that would make the quality of my life better. Yes. And it seems to also have a red sticker on it, so it's on sale even better. So all of that is part of the the unconscious story that's running in the back. Because if you left your house not necessarily needing anything, you were running some errands, you were going to work, you were going to meet somebody for something social, whatever it was, you didn't leave the house with a shopping list thinking, I must pick up these seven things mm -hmm. and now I'm ready to, now I'll, I'll go home. So that's not the errand you're running. <laughs> and I think... When we talk about getting and staying organized, the sooner you can slow the flow of things that don't need to be in your home down, it makes it much easier to get organized. And remember, the first two legs of the triangle, one home for everything and like with like, are the tools that we use for that. The third leg of the triangle, something in, something out, 
all about staying organized. Because once everything has a home and all of its siblings are together, it's really easy to keep it organized. I, I'm always fascinated, and I don't want to digress too much, but I'm fascinated when I see on other organizers' sites or I see it on the web and people are talking about, you know, you'll have to come back and re- tweak things and it's it's a process and i'm thinking it's not a process if you get organized and you do not bring things in without letting something go you will stay organized i promise you it is not something that you need to keep every six months you have to go through your closet like things magically appeared in your closet that you didn't put there that now you have to sort through again and let things go if you will apply and it is not a tremendous amount of discipline if you will apply just enough discipline to be mindful of something in, something out, you will stay organized and you will have the time to do anything else that is important to you. You will not be in this constant gerbil wheel of stuff in, accumulation, stuff out, pain, story, drama, okay, <laughs> now I'm happy, and then stuff in, like again, it doesn't just follow you home like a lost puppy. And I remember when, uh, before I wrote the piece for Oprah Magazine and uh, Amy Gross, the then editor-in-chief of Oprah Magazine, brought me in. We had this great lunch. Gail King was there. A bunch of senior editors were there. And I remember saying this when they were asking me questions at the lunch table, the conference table. And I'm telling you, I was there for two hours. I took two bites of my sandwich. They finished their lunch. <laughs> they kept, there were six women in there with me and they kept... Not grilling me like, you know, like uh, where were we on the night of January 16th grilling right. me. They just kept asking me questions and, well, what about this? And what do you think we should do about that? And what do you think about this? And it was a role. I wish we had recorded that conversation because it was a great conversation. But when I said this specific thing, it's not a bargain if you don't need it. I could see a light bulb go on behind eyes, And she said, oh, my God, say that again. I said, Gail. <laughs> It's not a bargain if you don't need it. And it was like I had given her the recipe to an exotic dish or that I had solved atomic fusion for her. It was, it was amazing. Well, I mean, it's a big, that's a big revelation. A lot of the things that you say are a big revelation. You know, it's because we're trained to want to just take bargains and tell ourselves, that's the story we tell ourselves, right? We're going to need it. Eventually, I'm going to need this. My issue has been batteries in the past. I don't know <laughs> how many packs of batteries I have, but it gets into your head, even though I don't really have many remotes or anything that's battery operated as much as I used to in the 80s. Like, But I still buy packs being like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to get to it because I forget that I have a pack or it doesn't have a home, or it's like in the kitchen drawer and in the electronic drawer and uh, all the places that they used to be before I started working with you. Um, <laughs> but that used to be my problem. But the story that ran was, I'm going to use it, so what's the harm? Sure. You know, and that's and also... probably coupled with, mm -hmm. it's so cheap. It's so cheap. I should just take it home. I'll find a use for it. Yeah, and stores are set up that way. And, the you know, I worked in retail too. I've had many retail jobs, and that's how we set you up. You know, it's the big, bright stickers right by the register to where if you're standing in line, in line, you'll just like, you'll, yeah, you'll reach in, you'll grab it, and you're just like, I need 10 hand sanitizers. I mean, I'm going to use it eventually. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I have my hands. They get dirty. <laughs> it makes sense. I should just pick them up. Yes, exactly. 
And as you know, I mean, in the book on Stuff Your Life, I also talk about one of my clients, E. Mm -hmm. And God love her, insomniac. And she would be up at two in the morning, flipping either through the internet or she'd be on QVC or Home Shopping Network. And if one was good, a dozen would be better. So if she bought a sweater set, like a twin set, a a sweater and and a shell, why not get one in every flavor that they make? Yep. If you're picking up a pair of shoes, maybe the seven and a half, maybe the eight, I should get them both. And <laughs> the story is I'll return the one that doesn't fit. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. you, how, how long is that window that you have to return something? And then it ends up laying there. And if you don't have a me in your life to come and pack everything up, put the label on it and give it back to the UPS driver, it's mm-hmm. just going to lay there. And three months later, it's still on your dining room table. And then you think, yep. crap. Now I own it. Now I own the pair of yeah. shoes I can't fit into. And they weren't cheap necessarily. They were, they were on sale or they were less mm-hmm. than I would have paid retail, but they still weren't cheap. So I can't just give them away because it hurts. It's like I spent whatever, $200 on those shoes or whatever, yeah. whatever the dollar amount was. If it was whatever you consider to be more than you're comfortable letting go of whatever Mm -hmm. that threshold is and for some people it's five bucks and for some people it's five hundred dollars yeah but wherever that line is if you're on the other side of it the there's a different story that kicks up and now you're in that place of well you know i have to get my money back i have to get something for it i can't just let it go yeah i'm a schmuck for having bought it (laughs) i'm a double schmuck because i paid for it and i'm not i don't have it any longer yeah i mean yeah, the, cl- the click click is seductive, right? Yeah. I mean, internet shopping has made it worse. And I have BuzzFeed articles about that are joking about the ridiculous things that people buy themselves at certain times of night. So, and it just shows up. You don't have to do anything. And those boxes can pile up so easy, which just sounds like what it happened to E. Yes. Um, and we would reach that point where I would show up. We would spend uh, the afternoon working together. We'd pack up. 10, 15 boxes to send back. Yep. The UPS guy would come to pick them up and he would drop off 10 and I would turn to <laughs> hey, you know, what? Look, explain it to me, break it down to me. And one of her favorite stories was, oh, it's a, it's a woman thing you wouldn't understand. You, um, you know, like I'm not a clothes horse or that somehow in this binary gender world that women are somehow built to consume in a way. And I know plenty of women minimalists as well mm-hmm. as I know plenty of guys whether it's clothing, as in her case, or electronics, or it's camping gear, or yeah. sporting equipment, or stuff for the car, or technology. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. there's plenty of guys who would be buying stuff left and right that they don't need. It's just that they are less willing to ask for help, typically. Mm. And they tend to isolate those things Seldom are they the kinds of things that they are using on a daily basis, so they don't show up, they don't trip over them in quite the same way. They can throw all the electronics in a dresser drawer that they're not using, or in the back of a closet, or in an attic, a basement, in the trunk of their car, and just drive Mm -hmm. around with that crap. And it's, it's harder if you're buying kitchen stuff, or clothing, or other domestic kinds of things, not to trip over them. Yeah, well, you have to interact with them every day. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I think the reason, to go back to your conversation um, at Oprah Magazine, I think the reason that that popped up is you can tell how much stuff weighs on people, right? 
Uh, you know, I remember in my first week with you and as I was getting into the stuff, your life system, I thought about my media because you told that story about how you used to carry your records around yes. <laughs> from place to place. Um, and I will just go ahead and confess. I recently got rid of a hundred plus DVDs. Woo! Yes. <laughs> I get a bell. That um, is awesome. Congratulations. I was, thank you. When I was moving apartments and um, because a lot of it was just like, I love this movie. I love this. Uh, but, you know, I can find Tootsie if I need it. I don't okay. really need Tootsie in my living room. Um, and I hadn't watched the extras since I purchased the DVD. So the story that I told myself of, oh, it's this great interview with Dustin Hoffman that I've seen once probably in the seven years that I've owned that DVD. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, you can tell that stuff weighs on people. So when you go back to that conference room and the lunch that you never got to eat, yes. it was a lot about, oh my God, you know, you have to retrain yourself. It's yes. retraining your brain in a way. Um, so that's, that's why I think you didn't get to eat your lunch is everybody wanted to know how they could do less of it. Yes. No, I would agree. I did. I mean, just so that full disclosure, I did pack up my sandwich and take it with me. I did, <laughs> I did enjoy it when I got home. It was a delicious sandwich. I think that that's a great point that you bring up. It is about retraining oneself. And so for the listeners, I want to suggest that an open mind, an open heart, a willingness to try something different, right? You can always go back to your old behavior, whether it's useful or not useful for you. If it causes you grief or it doesn't cause you grief, you can explore that on your own, but understand that to change your behavior, just like if you want to lose weight, if you want to go to the gym and uh, change, you know, change your fitness level, if you want to learn a new skill, you want to speak a, a foreign language that's new to you, all of those things, they're all within your grasp, but they take a mindset shift and they take new behavior. So when it comes to getting and staying organized, I really want you to just settle into, it's a long haul. The long haul is the life shift. So Going back to what I said earlier, it isn't the long haul of good grief. You're going to have to keep cleaning shit up for the rest of your life. That's not what's going to happen. But the process of shifting your mindset and being able to appreciate beautiful things in the world and walk past them is going to be learned behavior. If you don't already have that in you, I tell you, I swear you can learn that behavior, but and you're going to have to learn it. If the impulse is, oh, shiny object, I should bring you home, you're going to have to interrupt that with really, just break it down. What am I going to do with it? Where's it going to live? Is it replacing something? How is the quality of my life going to improve significantly and quantitatively that is worth X amount of dollars? Mm -hmm. So another case in point, and then we'll wrap this up, um, is during Amazon Prime Day, uh, my mom asked me about uh, those uh, voice-activated outlets that they were selling uh, that talk with, that work with Alexa. Mm -hmm. And I have a whatever I have, whatever that device is that Alexa is a part of. I don't remember. It's one of the Echo devices. So she asked me, you know, do you want one of those? I mean, they're on sale. And I thought, you know, would I like to be able to ask my lamps to turn on? <laughs> Do I need do I need it to happen? Is it worth the twenty six bucks to not walk for? I, I don't have that big of an apartment as you can see around me. It, it's it's not it's not a mansion. It's a six hundred square foot one bedroom apartment in New York. 
I can easily get to any lamp and turn it on. So on some <laughs> level, sure, I would love a, a Jetson home where all I had to do was talk to things. But I will say also that just the ability to talk to Alexa and turn on public radio or find out what the temperature is outside or what time it is and to set an alarm seems to, that seems to increase, increase the quality of my life. That was yeah. worth the investment. Yeah. The outlet thing, not so necessary. And so we just have to pay attention. And, I, and part of the story is to just share with you that I'm no different than anybody else. I'm a little further down the path. I'm a little more practiced at this, but I can, I can fall into the same trap of mm -hmm. easy. I like easy. I'm busy. Easy sounds good. How do we do this easier? And we just have to remember, break it down, cost-benefit analysis, live in the math. Does it really make your life easier in a way that you can quantify and hold on to? Or is it just narrative? Because if it's narrative, that's, I promise you, like any other cloud of smoke, if you walk through it or 15 minutes later, you will even forgot that you had that conversation. Exactly. Exactly. My mom used to say when I was little and we would walk past something and she would look at the price tag. She was like, oh, you got great taste. And she would keep walking. <laughs> you know, like she was just, that was the big thing. You have lovely taste and she would just keep going. And that's something that you could tell yourself. It's like, <laughs> I have great taste and just keep walking. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's a perfect place to end today's uh, podcast. Yeah. So thanks for joining us. Uh, you'll find out more information about us, uh, Unstuff America at andrewmellon.com, M-E-L-L-E-N.com. There's lots of great stuff there. You can check out the online Unstuff University and be sure to rate and review this podcast because we are trying to build some momentum. So thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Unstuff America. If you like the podcast, the best compliment you can give us is to share it with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review at iTunes.